You can find the comic book characters on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod or follow us on Twitter at cbcharacters. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. And now you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search comic book characters. Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and I am back with my co-host, Chris, the creator, Gossidus, and I got it right! It just took me a month of practicing, but I got it down. How are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing alright. Um, kind of confused. Kind of... Kind of confused and full of rage right now. Did you okay? okay. If you, when you said you were kind of confused, I was gonna ask, did you just finish watching Westworld? Maybe, but you're full of rage, so that makes me think <laughs> it has something probably to do with the DC extended universe. Oh, you have hit the nail right on the Zack Snyder head. Uh, yeah, this is uh, today. I've I've taken a little uh, film school experiment. I'm watching Batman vs Superman for the first time. Uh, but it's on mute. It's on the background. So right now, I think I'm watching some dude in a beanie take his jacket off, looking up at a statue. Uh, he's trying to climb up the statue. Um, this entire first act, which has been going on for the better part of 15 minutes now, is complete non sequitur. So this is this is my confusion. It's like probably trying to watch a Family Guy episode on mute, like just <laughs> just gibberish, just nonsense. Uh, yeah, man. Well, good luck with that, and please, yeah. please feel I'll, free to give us updates uh, throughout this podcast. As I slide down the avalanche that is this movie, I will let you. I will keep you posted. Yeah, just if you see anything in particular that just really screams out at you, just feel free <laughs> to interrupt at any point. So we we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, we've been gone for a while. It's the holiday season. It's just it's a busy time, and um, you know, really, I wanted to come back. Uh, when we had something really big and something really meaty to to, to bite into, mm. um, which I know must be weird for you because you're a vegetarian, but just just, <laughs> just bear with me here on this analogy uh, or this metaphor. We've got Star Wars Rogue One to talk about. We are definitely yes, going to dive into that real di- uh, real deep, nice and deep. Mm. Uh, but we've also got a few other things that came out in in the last few weeks or so. That we want to touch on uh, a little bit of casting corner. We got one. We got to actually have something for casting corner, and a little bit of tidbits here and there, and a couple of trailers. And that's actually where we're going to start off this week. Um, of course, because it's me. Because everybody knows what a huge Spider-Man mark I am. We are going to talk about the <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming first trailer release. I have seen it probably 19 times at least uh, so far. I can't today? get enough of it. Today, that was just today, yeah. Um, and it's it's fantastic. We also are going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy two trailer, but but before we get into that, let's let's talk about Spidey. Uh, before I just gush all over this thing, uh oh, no pressure. <laughs> get no some pressure. napkins. And if you and if you have critical things that you want to say, there is no judgment here. I will not go to your home. In a cost you in person, I promise you that. Okay, but it won't be you. It'll be you in a Spidey suit. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody look, gets one. Doesn't look like anything to me. Um, 
doesn't even really make sense. We just wanted to throw Westworld <laughs> in there. Uh, so Spider-Man trailer, what were your initial first thoughts on this trailer? I thought it looked, um, I'm, I'm liking this trend uh, I'm seeing kind of across Marvel. It's like tr- connecting with the character, going kind of close to the character, kind of almost being from their point of view, kind of. Um, it really is a good place to kind of write from. I mean, because we can empathize with him easier. Uh, he's more vulnerable sometimes. So I think that's the perfect space for Peter Parker. Uh, I love, I think my favorite uh, scene of the whole trailer, if we're going to, you know, kind of go see my scene, whatever, is when he's in the cafeteria with his friend. It's in the beginning, kind of. Mm-hmm. And he had, uh, the girl, <laughs> the, the, that girl kind of goes, you guys are losers. As in die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he just kind of like goes like, huh, with his hand? Yeah. Just that, just that gesture. I thought, God, that's nice to see. That's, you, you really get a feel for the whole atmosphere. Definitely. Uh, backing off of that point, you know, one thing we kept hearing about this movie uh, when it was... Did, in... hold, what, one second. Did Lex Luthor just feed a man a gummy bear? Oh, yes! No, it's a Jolly Rancher! That okay. is so disturbing. And honestly... A- and now Bruce Wayne is in a fucking fight club? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a deleted scene from the new Jason Bourne movie. They just threw it in there to see if anyone would notice the Jolly Rancher scene, by the way, so supremely disturbing. Oh, oh um, man. And I actually feel like that would work if you were writing like a, or if you were making like a serial killer film oh. or like just some really unnerving kind of uh, content film, like maybe Human Centipede 4, sure, something yeah. like that. It would fit right in with that. But the fact yeah. that this is your tentpole superhero franchise and you have Lex Luthor Literally feeding a dude a Jolly Rancher. I mean, holy hell. It's so weird. It's so, (laughs) so weird. And it doesn't make him menacing. It's just weird. It's just whatever. Yeah, no, but please, please. That's a difficult choice to go with. I I have no idea why that was included. There you go. I guess it wasn't, right? I don't know, man. I have. I don't know. That's like something film historians are going to talk about like <laughs> decades from now. Just like, what is happening? Um, I'm sorry, though. No, 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 no. That's fine. That is exactly what I wanted you to do. Um, <laughs> go Okay, going back to... Oh, so one thing we kept hearing about Spider-Man Homecoming was that it was going to very much have a John Hughes feel to it. Right. And that he was going to be sort of entrenched in these teen tropes, like these movies from the 80s. And man, if that wasn't like a, a spot on nail on the head uh, description because that's exactly what that scene felt like. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was like equal parts like uh, the breakfast club and Napoleon dynamite. Like it was just, <laughs> it's real nice. Uh, one thing I liked, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of that, the band uh, management or MGMT. Uh, so I like the music that they use there. I know that's just like an advertising thing. I'm not sure that right. has anything to do with the film. Um, I completely agree with the personification on Peter Parker, like seeing his perspective a lot. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, you got to love the stuff with, with Robert Downey Jr. Um, you know, I, I was wondering if there's, there's, it's so easy to mess it up. Either you don't use them enough or you use them too much. Right. Kind of like was... Jared Leto and the Joker. Oh, <laughs> there's a balance that, that you have to find. Cause you're going to piss people off if you don't do it right. But from what I can see in the trailer, like they really use Tony Stark as a character to the fullest, mm. and it's and I hope hopefully that's gonna feed throughout the film. Yeah, it seems like he's a real kind of um, he, he provides a point of conflict, kind of like internal conflict. 
Uh, it's a classic story of a guy kind of wanting to grow up too fast, kind of re- trying to realize his full potential too early. So, no, it seems like it's going to be great. Well, no, and that's, that's you know, that actually speaks to a really great thing because you not only do you have Peter's struggle with the vulture, and by the way, Michael Keaton. You want to talk about creating a menacing presence? Jeez. That's just the way he delivered that line. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that because – you hear this line in so many movies, right? You uh-huh. hear this, like, if you cross me, everyone you know or everyone you care about is going to be dead. You hear that line all the time. It's practically a cliche line. Pretty much, yeah. But when Michael Keaton says it, God, I mean, it just has so much weight. Yeah. There's so much weight behind that line with him. <laughs> it's it's so good. Um and not only that, but the, the visual look of the vulture looks pretty terrifying. Like for that character to look at any on any scale above a one of terrifying is amazing. Right. I mean, it's an old dude in a green feathered suit in the comic. <laughs> not that terrifying, you know, not that menacing at all. But in this movie, wow, wow, way to go, art design team. Yeah, it looks really nice. Um. It kind of reminded me of Songbird from Bioshock Infinite, mm-hmm. but uh, that was complete, like, you know, steampunk almost, so this is, like, completely modern take on it. Right. It looked great. Oh, yeah. So you've got you've got Peter against the Vulture, like, as a physical threat. You've got Peter, like, dealing with being a teenager in school, which is, like, you know, a, an emotional, personal sort of conflict. But then you also have the, the conflict, like you said, the conflict of him trying to grow up, come of age against a pseudo father figure in Tony Stark. It's mm. just more conflict. It's just the more realistic conflicts that Peter can have. And that, that is such a Peter Parker thing. Like that's a trope for that character. If they can convey that on film, I mean, wow, they're already yeah. way ahead of, of the other films. As much as I like the other Spider-Man films, if they're able to kind of layer out all these different conflicts at once, that's that's what it is to be Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm super excited. I mean, obviously, I was going to gush about it, right? But like, it's it seems like everybody's on board too. Uh, you know, the internet response has been great. Um, I like how they definitely tell a story in the trailer, but I also feel like they didn't give too much. Um, hopefully that that stays the course. Let me ask you one thing about the trailer before yeah. we move on. There is that scene at the end where he apparently is like holding together a cruise ship or of some sort, some sort of in the Christ pose, the uh, the schooner or whatever. Um, And it's very reminiscent of in Spider-Man two, when Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is, is like holding the train, like trying to slow the train down. Yeah. Do you think that was too much on the nose? Like, Oh, we've seen this before. Or do you think that that was a nice kind of like homage to, two visual cues that we've seen in other Spider-Man films. Well, I mean, it's, I, I almost thought it was like a, a kind of homage to like a splash page, like a, you know, in a, in some sort of issue of Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you would know, but <laughs> I thought it was more like that. I didn't really see it too much as like a kind of complete actual reference, direct reference to the Raimi Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's, it kind of, if he has these powers, he kind of begs him to use them like that. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, showing exactly how strong he is, because that's crazy. Um, yeah. But then also using that strength not to punch someone, not to, like, 
fight anybody but to try to save people i think that's mm-hmm. really important for that character um that where he he feels like he needs to use his strength most most in these kind of situations um okay man well uh i think that's all i have to say about the spider-man trailer was there anything else you wanted to throw in before we move on uh just that the last image was amazing spidey and tony oh yeah going through the city it's nice i wonder i feel like all i feel like that has to be early on in the film right like that that can't be Hmm. like the some people online were speculating that that might be like the the tag on the end of the film like that's you know they save the day or whatever but I kind of feel like that's going to be early on. I think that's going to yeah, be the first act it, thing. It, you're, you're probably right. There's, it does feel like there's a lot of sleight of hand going on with the editing in this trailer. Like, um, you know, they, they probably edit it to where we think it's kind of like, oh, we're getting a glimpse of the movie. But no, it's probably all out of order. <clears throat> you know, another. Yeah. yeah. No, but that, that's a great it's a great visual um, t- to show in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we're, we're not getting just Tony Stark. We're getting Iron Man in the film, which I know is going to make a super duper happy um okay but moving on to another trailer and this is this actually is a pretty good segue because in guardians of the galaxy 2 the first trailer that we got uh james gunn the director has already come out and said pretty much everything we see in the trailer takes place in the first half and not only the first half but like the first 30 40 minutes of the film because he doesn't want to reveal too much about the story or about certain characters um, huh. At any point in the in the advertising for the film, which I think is really interesting. Wow. Um, he really hates. Uh, it's real funny because there's a there's actually a podcast that, that I listen to uh, called The Weekly Planet, and uh, it's it's done by this guy. Um, his his internet name is Mister Sunday Movies, and he he does breakdowns of trailers all the time, like where he mm-hmm. goes like ten things you missed, and it's like where he like looks through it with a fine tooth comb. And he loves doing it, but he hates doing it because he's a fan of all this stuff, too. But James Gunn, apparently, like, there's a lot of people like that. James Gunn just was like, I'm tired of people, like, deconstructing every frame of a trailer to try to, <laughs> you know, to try to figure out what's going on with the film. He's like, so I'm just not going to play that game. We're just, everything you're going to see is going to be pretty early on in the film. <laughs> that being said, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer. Again, I, I know it's going to make me sound like a Marvel fanboy. But man, like it just was a great trailer. You've got the I think the song's called Fox on the Run by uh, by Sweet, which is another evoking of like the 70s, 80s. The prog rock. The prog rock feels it's it fits perfectly. Yep. You've got you've got Rocket getting frustrated with Baby Groot. <laughs> Baby Groot screaming adorably at one point. Yeah. Like I've literally seen I don't know if you've seen that meme. There's a meme that shows it's like that one frame of baby Groot screaming and there's like a subtitle. It just says screams adorably. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is awesome. I mean, that's a perfect description. Um, You've got Drax just being crazy. You've got the button scene with Mantis. We get to see Mantis for the first time and the whole Peter and Gamora thing. So obviously that's going to still be a thing within this Mm -hmm. show or within this sequel. Uh, What what were your thoughts on, on this trailer? Um, let me see. I saw um, I saw it in 3D this past weekend uh, in a tra- as a trailer for another movie, uh, but it was in 3D. It looked great, like the the part where it goes Marvel and kind of like you know spreads out in different colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was great uh, to see that in 3D. Um, the all the aliens they were fighting looked great. They don't look too cartoony or they don't look too um, noticeably CGI. Right. Um, 
it just looks like it's really well blended together. And I'm amazed that this is just the first like 30 or 40 minutes. That's a lot going on, right? <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Like the last time I was watching it, I finally noticed like the, the battle raging behind uh, Star-Lord when he's, you know, talking back to the rocket. The tape. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, motherfucker, that's impressive. They were just, you know, windowing this battle <laughs> in the background. Um, no, it's going to be great. I, and it seems like it seems like James Gunn and everyone behind the sequel, like they really knew to not mess with that formula. It, mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that there that some people might have wanted to go in a different direction, not retread things, especially kind of like with the backlash of, you know, the only backlash that I saw of Force Awakens was that it was so familiar and similar to like A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um that maybe people would be like, okay, well, we don't want to, we don't want to make the same movie twice. But James Gunn didn't go that way. He, it seems like he was like, no, I know exactly what made this film work the first time. I'm mm-hmm. gonna do it again, but I'm gonna add flourishes and I'm gonna go deeper. It's just gonna be have more polish, and I, I'm all in. Like I, I'm yeah. not concerned at all that this film is gonna be a rehash or something we've already seen. No, I mean the the core of that movie, uh, the core of this franchise, is how the characters interact. Uh, and like how they play off each other's personality, and that looks like it's completely back in spades. Right. I think I heard somebody. I can't remember who it was. Somebody in an interview said that the first Guardians was a movie about these oddball characters coming together and forming a family, and mm-hmm. that Guardians Two is going to be about how does that family stick together when they're so dynamic, like when when all of these personalities are so different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I definitely want to see the next chapter in this story. Um, speaking of chapters, actually, wait before we do that. Mm-hmm. Anything <laughs> else that you want to mention on Guardians Two before we move on? Uh, it's Bradley Cooper's best work. I, I I I really like Silver Linings Playbook, and I think he's really good in that. Um, but I love his Rocket. He's so he's so perfect for that character, and uh. You know the, the whole the whole cast has been. I mean, everybody's roles have been cast so well in that mm-hmm. movie. I think that really helped a lot with it being so successful in the first, uh, the first one being so successful. Yep. Um, but yeah, totally, totally agree with you with uh, with uh, Bradley Cooper. Um, but speaking, well, gosh, I lost my segue. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the next chapter of things, haha, got it back. Uh, we actually got a little teaser trailer. Of not a movie, but it is Marvel. Uh, Marvel. Marvel. My, yeah, Ma- Marvel versus Capcom. I'm gonna take you for a ride. All right, you anyway. age of heroes. Yeah. Uh, talking about Marvel uh, Infinite, I guess that's what they're gonna call it. It's essentially yep. Marvel versus Capcom Four. That's a video game for those that aren't familiar. Uh, looks like they're gonna. There's. They're moving away from some of the X Men characters. Probably some of the Fantastic Four characters. Well, none that we've seen yet, but they're, yeah. They're bringing on Inhumans and probably Guardians and Doctor Strange characters. and Any movie that's going to come up in the any next movie six years. So I hope we don't lose Doctor Doom. I hope we don't lose Wolverine. But Can you it, imagine a Marvel game without foot dive? Foot dive! Oh, man, I, those hidden missiles. That's oh. If I don't have hidden missiles to throw at you, <laughs> then I don't know what's the point of living, to be honest. <laughs> Those missiles need to be there. They need to be hidden every uh, time. So we got this, we got a first glimpse of this, and I'll throw this in the thread as well, so people that haven't seen the video can see it. 
Um, it looks like it's kind of interesting because they, they seem to have taken a different art um, design with the characters. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe the graphics engine is different. Everything looks a little shinier. And, well, and- I mean, it's um, a lot of people never thought that another Marvel game is going to get made just because of how Capcom's kind of uh, – they're really – downsizing and they're really kind of moving away from fighting games which is horrible because everybody kind of under you know they they got the new capcom through mega man and street fighter mm-hmm. and mega man's already kind of take you know they let him eat a dick for 10 years and um so street fighter 5 came out and was a, was a giant pile of shit for about two months um but you know they're trying to make amends they're trying to right the ship it looks like um they've been outsourcing a lot of these um kind of the character model work, uh, and I think it's been been doing all right. Um, it, I think the trailer for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite it has Mega Man X, it has Ryu, it has uh, Tony, and it has Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, it looks great. It does. I do like. I do like the way. I just. It's. It's real interesting though. Like just. It's like everybody's covered in plastic in a way. Like, and I don't <laughs> know if that's like the lighting engine or. You know, we're we're real early in right now. Still, like the uh-huh. stuff that we've seen, I think it. You know, so it, it could look different later. Well, one second, BVS for a timeout, real yes, quick. Yes, uh, they just showed. Uh, I think. Oh my god, this is horrible. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> all right. So a little bit of clue into the to the listening audience. I'm kind of I have a kind of digital media background. Um, so fonts usage of fonts in movies really annoys me. They just use like a an Arial font. For Holly Hunter, when she's on <laughs> on a talk show, <laughs> it's, it was all lowercase in Ariel. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like what you see in the real no, world. No, it's like an amateur so hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, holy shit. Dude, that, that's real inside baseball, but you're not wrong. <laughs> some editor, some poor editor threw that together in two seconds in After Effects. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it's just a montage of Superman saving everybody, and it's quick. But my God, did it not stick out like a railroad spike through my eyes? Wow. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Time in. No. Okay. Uh, going back <laughs> to the game. Uh, so we obviously don't know the full roster yet. What's one character that has not been in a game so far on the Marvel side? Since this oh. is a comic book podcast. Mm-hmm. On the Marvel side, would you like to see wow. in this game? Uh, I-, I would love to see Phil Coulson. Uh, yeah. In this game, just to, just to bring in the MCU from the TV show because it's kind of uh, not really well represented in all the kind of Starship or no, the the Banner franchise stuff. Um, it'd be great to see Phil Coulson in there. I mean, you could totally play like you know he shoot guns and shit. He's got that shield. What if one of his moves is that he could call in uh, the cavalry agent? Yes. A. Oh, dude. <laughs> That'd be amazing. She just comes in and kicks <laughs> kicks the mass for a little bit. That'd be amazing. And then alternatively, you could have Chun Li's uh, one of Chun Li's outfits be Chun Li from the Street Fighter live action movie, which is Ming Now Wen again. Yeah. Oh man, yes. I keep forgetting she was Chun Li. That's yeah. <laughs> okay, so for me, man, I wish I would have thought of this question or thought of my answer before I asked you. <laughs> uh, I mean, Star Lord, I would like to see. Mm. Uh, I think that could be great. Um, man, I I don't know. Falcon. Gonna have, Falcon they might have would to play cool. some villains, dude. If they're gonna get rid of Zoom, if they're gonna get rid of Loki, Loki would be nice. There you go. Loki there we are. would be great. Loki would be great. I would say yeah, Loki or Star Lord. 
Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Take it all back. Ant-Man, MCU Ant-Man, Paul Rudd turns into giant man. Christ. And, like, steps on someone or something. <laughs> like, that would be great. Uh, also, I guess if you have Ant-Man, then I need Vision, and I need Vision to be able to phase through Ant-Man, and then Ant-Man go, oh, a guy just went through me. <laughs> um, is that normal? <laughs> so panic. But that's, like, that's how you would react. If somebody went through you, you would immediately become very concerned that you might be dying um, or dead. Or excited. Either way. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, so we'll, we'll cover more about the game as it every as we get more information. When's it coming out? First quarter 2017 or? Uh, I think we're just happy we have a uh, trailer <laughs> at true, this point. <laughs> true, 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 true. Uh, also, I just like I'm no I know like we know Marvel listens to this podcast. I don't think Capcom listens to anything. Uh, but if they are, let's curb the DLC. Yeah, holy okay, shit! Can we just have a game, a video game? First of all, give me my give me my uh, invincible wake up uh, DPS for Cami back. What happened? Uh, she already has low health. She already has low low stun. Just give me my waifu back. Give me Cami back. She she didn't need a nerf. She was mid-tier. Uh, anyway. You just lost like 60% of our audience. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but yeah, let's get a full video game. If you're going to throw $60 down, let's get a full game at release. None of this patch bullshit. None of this DLC where you got to pay $10 or pay for the damn season pass. You got to pay another $50 just to play the, the game. You bought the game, but did you buy the whole game? Did you really buy the game? Or do you just think you bought the game? Uh, so, yeah, let's get off. I guess that's our soapbox for that. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Swinging over to the DC side of things. Got some pretty big news, actually. Because, um, you know, actually, based off of the performance of Suicide Squad, we weren't really sure what was going to happen. Now, they have greenlit as Suicide Squad 2. We're not really sure when that's going to be released at this point. Suicide Harder. <laughs> yeah, Suicider Squad. <laughs> um, <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a bad like Korean drama. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I know what you're trying to get me to do. I'm not going to do it. I almost did it. I almost did. I almost did. I'm not going to alienate a segment of our po- of our of our listeners. It's not going to happen. I almost did it. <laughs> I mean, Doctor Strange already set the oh, bar. We got, we got to try. You almost wonged me there. I almost wonged. <laughs> David Ayer, uh, director of Suicide Squad. <laughs> they protect the wall from oh, all. Oh man, I'm putting things. this back. You're trying to get this trolley off the tracks. So I'm putting it right back on. David Ayer uh, of Suicide Squad fame. What do he do? What do he do? He he's directing. What do he do? Gotham City Sirens, which oh. is based off of a DC comic book, pretty popular one actually, that centers around. Uh, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman, and apparently these are the characters that are going to be the the main protagonists of the film. We don't know who's going to play Catwoman yet. Margot Robbie is going to reprise her role as Harley Quinn, and <laughs> I'm sorry, Batman's walking around with a coat on. <laughs> Wait, like is that is that when he's in the desert? He's all dusty. Yeah. And he has like a trench coat over his suit. You know what's so weird about that? It's like they're in the desert. It's not like he's cold. Like, 
you know, like they're in a, I mean, I guess deserts can be cold, but it looks like it's like the sun is out. It looks like it would be hot there. I don't know why. I mean, I thought a suit would be enough to protect you from maybe he wants to protect the suit. Sand, sand, is, sand gets everywhere. Sand does get everywhere. I mean, imagine if sand got in that suit, like how hard that sand would be to get out. Because <laughs> I think it's tight. It's tight. Um, Gotham City Sirens. Yeah. Margot Robbie. We don't know who's going to play Gatwoman yet. The rumor is right now, and I definitely want your reaction on this. Yeah. yeah. For Poison Ivy. By the way, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn have kind of had like a semi-romantic relationship in the comics mm. at some point. But for Poison Ivy, rumor Completely is... Completely in my eyes. Megan Fox. Megan Fox? Thoughts? Megan Fox of Transformers and Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like Transformers 1, Megan Fox? Because we, we were able to roll with that one, but what's she been in? It's been a minute since she's been around. Ninja Turtles. She was in both the Ninja Turtle films. Well, see that that doesn't exist in my she, eyes. She I, didn't. I, I she don't... didn't really. She wasn't in that long or anything. <laughs> I, I, you know, in my thought is this: Are they like just trying to prop up Margot Robbie as an actor? Like, do they want her to look even better? Oh man, uh, <laughs> the ultimate director's move. The wow, yeah. I mean, that's definitely gonna put your star, your 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 franchise player, center stage. Uh, if she has, you know, if they're fitting her kind of with the basketball metaphor, if they're constantly passing her, her and looking for her for right. guidance and acting. I mean, I know there's a large segment of the population just in general that is going to be totally on board with Megan Fox as a Poison Ivy character, if only for the physical kind of attributes that she might bring to that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my thing is, look at look at what Marvel's doing, you know. They keep, whether it's Kristen Ritter or Cumbies or, like, you know, even Paul Rudd, they get actors that, that can really take on these roles full force and really inhib- and inhibit, inhabit these characters. Not inhibit, inhabit the characters. <laughs> and I just, I wonder if you cast Megan Fox as Poison Ivy, uh-huh. is she going to really be able to pull off that character? Like, well, see, acting well, the thing, is that character. Right. The the reason I think that Guardians does so well, that, like, uh, Ryan Man did so well, was these actors were completely invested, and they, they had such passion for portraying these characters. I don't know if Megan Fox can bring that. Yeah. It's, um, it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, I, I think it's cool that they are doing Gotham City Sirens. Um, you know, that's, a, that's, that's not your typical movie. You know, three female leads mm-hmm. in a superhero film. That's definitely off the beaten path, and and kudos to DC for going in that direction, because I think it, it opens up a lot of storytelling opportunities. It's just, are they going to be able to execute those opportunities uh, with any amount of success? That's going to be the question. And you know, here we, you know, it's really weird. Like if I'm David Ayer, why would I want to get back in bed with with Warner Brothers? He, he you know, he mm. apparently had his own vision for Suicide right. Squad. And they, they changed it twice <laughs> after he was done making the film. So I just I feel like that's a headache waiting to happen. They brought in a whole editing crew, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, maybe the paycheck's just that good. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe this was like their makeup. Like they were like, okay, we know we kind of screwed you on the last one. 
you're gonna you're gonna have more control this time. I, man, know, those, those toxic relationships. I don't know. Yeah, man. Please hammer, don't hurt them. You know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, going on, moving on to another DC project. That's speaking of DC. Yeah. I think this visually is starting to make sense a little bit. Uh, I think Bruce is waking up. He's woken up. He's like, huh. he, he woke up like at least four times now. So the non sequitur visuals are kind of starting to. No, I can't. I can't. I can't salvage this. I don't know. Where are you uh, at right now? Just what do you just say what you see? Be that uh, person right now. Flash was like. Uh, oh God! Yes, that's giving scene. him the jazz hands, the, the, the twinkle fingers. Right. That. And, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. That so scene he, with no dialogue. <laughs> oh God! That's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be gibberish. That's got to be visual gibberish to you. <laughs> it barely. Ma- it doesn't really make sense with the with the dialogue. So I can't imagine <laughs> that, that it would mean anything. Maybe I'm not losing out too much. Not yet. It should start to come together a little bit more on the on the on the back half of that film. Um, a film that I really hope doesn't have the problems of Suicide Squad or mm-hmm. BVS is Aquaman. Yeah, uh, James Wan's Aquaman, and we actually. Uh, oh wait, wait, wait! Before we get into that, mm. boom! Casting corner. That's where we are right now. We've nice. jumped into casting corner. Nice. It feels. It feels. It feels right does i've missed Flush. casting corner i thought they were gonna go out of business because it's been such a long time <laughs> since we got there but we're here now they're fine punch and pie coffees all good everything is nice and dandy uh and handy here in casting corner uh speaking of aquaman though i really do have high hopes for that film i think that and wonder woman i'm i'm the most excited about and, and the most optimistic about yeah, me too, um, definitely. And I, I really hope that, that that sustains. But we did get some casting corner news for Aquaman in the form of Mr. Patrick Wilson, uh, who I thought, A, was maybe a quarterback in the NFL. Is he maybe <laughs> a backup to the you know Indianapolis Colts? I thought he was a beach boy. Possibly. Possibly a beach boy. Possibly was he the guy in Terminator 2? <laughs> maybe, probably not. We don't know. I had to look him up. He actually is in a few films I've seen. Conjuring, Insidious, he's in there. He, he kind of reminds me of Daniel Stern a little bit. Do you, do you ever get that? Daniel Stern? Dealing with him? Uh, Home Alone guy? Yeah, Home that Alone, guy? like Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Uh, Just, I don't know. He's got like that rectangular head, I think. Is what was he is. that male lead in Conjuring? Like the husband? Yeah. Maybe a little. I mean, David Stern's got the... Got that huge, you know, the the curly hair going. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah, like maybe if you, maybe if you like took Ryan Reynolds and Daniel Stern, just mushed them together. And, uh, yeah, that yeah yeah. Um, I, I, whenever I see him, I get a little kind of like, hey, you could be like Bruce Campbell's cousin. Like, okay, yeah, I could see that. Uh, he's gonna be playing a character by the name of Ocean Master, Master of Oceans. <laughs> In Aquaman, uh, Ocean Master right. is a villain in the DC comic universe. He is the, uh, I believe, the half brother of Aquaman's dad. Okay, uh, I think that's the most well-known version of that character. I think there's also maybe versions of that character where he is like the half brother of Aquaman himself. Always a half, though. He's always a half. He's never a whole. The funny thing is, he's fully human. Okay. He's a full human, but a half brother. Uh, he's half man, half amazing. 
so Ocean Master, by the way, if you if you guys get guys and guys and gals out there in the CBC, you get a chance. Please look him up. Uh, the visual I can't do justice with words. There are no words that can convey what Ocean Master truly looks like. So please please look at him online. But Ocean Master is a villain who feels like he should be the master of the ocean as opposed to Aquaman and, you know, tries to do things to ensure that that happens. What do you think about Patrick Wilson being added to the cast of Aquaman? Hmm. Um, well, like you were saying earlier, uh, you get these character, you get these character actors almost, uh, these actors who kind of do, do really well, but you know, are never really featured and maybe they'll have a chance. Maybe, maybe, maybe this, this will be kind of a, Kind of mid-career hit for him. Uh, I hope so. I, I like I, again. I really want to see DC do well. It's just uh, these are like um, the first outings for these for these characters, and you have so much history to go off of. Even I, I, know, I know Black Manta uh, as the main Aquaman villain from like ca- cartoons growing up and stuff. Mm-hmm. But more than happy to figure out who this Ocean Master is. Um, so yeah, please, please let this be good. You know what I bet? Oh God, and I wonder if they're going to do this. I just, I just, for no reason, but I feel like this is going to happen. I feel like Black Manta is going to be in the Aquaman film, and actually, he might have been confirmed already. I'm not sure. I can't. Oh, okay. Remember. I don't, I don't know. I feel like maybe I heard his name is, float around. Is Sandman going to be in there too? <laughs> On the beach, just waiting for him. Yeah. But I think Black Man. I think what they're going to do, and it'll be so funny if this happens because people are going to be like, "All right, now you guys are just copying Marvel." But I feel like Black Manta is going to initially be on the side of Aquaman. Ah, And it's okay. going to kind of be like Baron Mordo yeah. from Doctor Strange. <laughs> but then by the end of the film, he's going to be like, no, humans have crushed the sea, you know, life for too long, and he's going to end up getting turning. I just, I, I suspect that that's going to happen. We'll see. I don't know why. I just <laughs> got that feeling. Um, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. Now, in contrast to the Megan Fox news, Mm. I'm totally on board with Patrick Wilson. Right, yeah. I, I, I believe in him as an actor, and I think he fully has the capability to to do this role well. Uh, I hope they do something with the costume. I'm sure they won't do a literal translation of that costume, uh, especially when Aquaman looks so damn cool mm-hmm. in the movie compared to his comic counterpart. Then you have to have high hopes for Ocean Master as well. Uh, it doesn't look like he just has a starfish stuck to his face. <laughs> uh, but okay, uh, any? Uh, I mean, I guess that's it. I, so we we both wish Patrick Wilson the best. I yeah. I think it's good. I think it's a good good choice. Good way to go, Warner Brothers in DC. Golf clap. Golf clap. What's uh, what's BVS doing before we jump into the big? Fish, oh, I uh, think it's the the big trailer scene where uh, uh, Soup's just crashed bats his car. Ah, the car, the Batmobile. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the do you bleed. Moment. You will. Yeah. You will. Oh man, you, you almost you almost drifted into a Forrest Whitaker there. Oh um, no, <laughs> which is never far. Let's be honest, Forrest Whitaker, much like the Void, is never far away. Very he's true. Always... <laughs> Very true. It's why he always looks so tired because he's always around. I just keep out running this Void. From film to film, it chases me. From one Donny Brook to another, like just. <laughs> Okay, let's not bury the lead any further. Right. Rogue One came out uh, this past Thursday, Friday. Yes, sir. It 
uh, you know, most people felt like it was going to be a success or, you know, at least do well, if not stupendously. There mm-hmm. were a few people out there that were like, no, there's Star Wars fatigue. Uh, this doesn't have any of like the, the main characters. It's just people finding ways and reasons to hate on Star Wars. Um, I think maybe even like the South Park guys a little bit, but 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 anyway, uh, no, that was not the case. Two hundred ninety million dollars worldwide yeah. opening weekend crushed everything in its path. Just, um, at this point, you should be bowing down to the mouse. Whenever he deems it so. Yeah, man. Jeez. Between the Star Wars universe and the MCU, holy hell. Like, <laughs> golly, man. Disney's just crushing. Yeah, don't forget their, their their initial properties like Moana. I mean, they've yeah. been ruling this box office for a bit now. I like how Moana was still, like, number one and did really well. But, like, no one's even talking about it because it didn't do Star Wars numbers. Like, it's <laughs> it's so weird that, like, your failings are still movies that make $150 million over budget. Like, okay, that's a weird benchmark. Like, it's it's real weird. Um, you know, because, like, I've even – it's so funny because I remember after, after Friday, actually, people were talking about their returns. I think it had made, like – Rogue One had made, like, 65 or $70 million or something like that. And people were like, well, that's a failure. Because they were comparing it to Force Awakens. Oh, come on. And it's uh, just like, okay, look, not every film is going to gross a billion dollars domestic. Like, I, I'm sure Rogue One's going to do fine. It'll probably do a billion worldwide when we're all said and done. And I think Disney's going to be perfectly happy with that. Yeah. It, uh, the, the horse race of uh, movies has never really appealed to me that much. Like, like, oh, they edged him out of the box office this week. For number one, it's whatever the movie company report, or movie studios report as their earnings for the box office week. So it's kind of uh, a little politics game, anyway. Definitely. But but two, like, uh, the 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 art, the story, that's what's important. Definitely. Yeah, and not only that, especially if you're trying to build a franchise or build a cinematic universe, it does come down to the art and the story and the execution mm-hmm. of those things. Because if that doesn't come across, I mean, you you can. Like I mean, actually, you know, I'm gonna bring this up as an example, but this move, this franchise keeps going despite itself. Transformers. <laughs> it's more than meets the eye. <laughs> Somehow it has to be because they keep making these goddamn movies. They're terrible. They're terrible films. They need to stop making them. Uh, there's no story there. There's no art. There's nothing but a void of, of, I don't know, man. Like, shambling metal bits. Shambling and metal dirt. Bits. There you go. Uh, yeah, and dirt and lens flares and <laughs> shiny, shiny CGI effects. Um, so that that franchise aside, most things have to be cultivated through story, through art. You look at Harry Potter, you look at the MCU, you look at Star Wars, even Star Trek. Um, they all they all kind of move in that direction and in that space. Rogue One. Uh, I'm just going to and say it. I really enjoyed the film. You know, people keep asking me. That's a hot take. How you, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, like, no one else is saying that. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. I'm, I'm, I'm about to laugh at a, at a poor uh, paraplegic. What is this guy's deal? <laughs> he was the guy climbing the statue earlier. Yeah. And now he's puttering about on camera. 
<laughs> are they in the court scene or is he talking to Lex? He's talking to a reporter, uh, yeah. former Wayne employee to testify is what it reads on the thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they just focus so hard on his legs being gone. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, you got no legs. Uh, the best thing about this movie is Amy Adams. Okay. Is it because she's a redhead? Is that solely why? I mean, that's like 95, 95% of it. 95%. Yeah. Rogue One, hot yep. take. Was hot it take. Good, was a good film. People keep Thanks. asking me, like, you know, I... I, and I I'm always hesitant to say anything because I want if they haven't seen it. I'm always like, well, if you, you if you have an interest, you should see it. Um, but I keep describing it, and I don't I don't think I'm by any means the only one saying this. But it's like Saving Private Ryan set in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's not quite as I feel like it's not quite as dark and gritty as Saving Private Ryan, but it's it's not that far off considering. And if you compare it to Force Awakens. To me, Force Awakens is the Star Wars film, the modern it's age on, Star Wars. Yeah, it's on brand, completely it's on, on brand. brand. It is the Star Wars film for the kid at heart and for the kid out there. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a film that is, delights you with the way that it moves, the way you move within that film, the way the story moves. It's it's literally a delight. Like, that mm-hmm. is, or I guess figuratively, uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know, man. These violent delights have violent ends. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but Rogue One, Rogue One is is a sweaty, closed fist of a film. Like mm-hmm. it is tense, it is terse, it's macabre, it's 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 dirty and gritty and grimy, and it is a Star Wars film for adults. I mean, thank God. I, I'm so glad to see this universe portrayed in this light. I mean, you you can't you gotta have to expect the director of Fury, fucking Gareth Edwards, is gonna do that. Right. Um, yeah, it, the, all of the movie felt completely. Uh, wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! Yeah, yeah. Isn't David Ayer the director of Fury though? No. Suicide Squad. No. Okay. I know Gareth Edwards did Godzilla. Pretty sure he did Fury. Okay. I can look it up. Uh, I'll do that. I'll look it up while you talk. All right. Uh, anyway, um, man, all right, you throw me off my, <laughs> my passion's been derailed. <laughs> <laughs> David Ayer's the director of Fury. <laughs> it comes back to David Ayer, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, shit, who the, who are the fuck? Gareth uh, Edwards did Godzilla. He uh-huh. did, um, hey, what else did he do? He did a movie called Monster, which is great, mm-hmm. um, which has a lot of that, uh, you know, that kind of feel to it that yeah. kind of grittiness i mean uh, parts of this movie parts of the first act of rogue, uh, rogue one felt like blade runner to me i mean they were walking through yes. these these kind of like streets of Jeddah and like that one marketplace at the beginning and kind of like the the trading outpost uh, jesus the shot of that tra- the establishing shot of that trading outpost just in space by itself it was amazing that, that's what the star wars franchise is so it, it's capable of that and so much more it's it's not it doesn't have to be gungans Fighting with water balls, uh, destroying droids that go Roger Roger. Uh, it, it just the 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 world of it is so much bigger than that, and I, I'm I completely love seeing that. No, it's it's great. Uh, you know, that's you're talking about that scene that runs you Blade Runner. I thought the same thing. Obviously, 
that was purposeful. Like I'm pretty sure he used Blade Runner as as a inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, spoiler alert: we're we're just gonna spoil the shit out of this film. So if you if you haven't seen the film, then you should probably go see it if you're gonna see it, and then come back. And if you're not gonna see it, then just feel free to listen because you don't care anyway, right? Um, <laughs> but when um, uh, when Diego Luna, Captain. Cassian, Cassian, Cassian Ando, Cassian, right? Cassian Ando, Captain Ando is is meeting with that informant. That was right out of Blade Runner. Like that, that yeah. whole sequence was so visually clued in on Blade Runner. And also, by the way, really early on in the film, he straight up Han Solo shot first. Straight up kills that dude. Oh that shit! Yeah, guy's gonna be a hindrance to him, and he's a quote unquote good guy. He's one of the good it, guys. It'll be okay. We'll make it. Yeah. fucking caps him, dude. Like cold blooded. Whoa! Like you don't see that in Star Wars. Not since Han shot Han shot first. <laughs> have you seen that? Or even Obi Wan straight up, you know, amputee, ampu, uh, amputating that dude. Amputate whatever. Am- amputating. Amputating that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that guy, Anakin. No, no, no. Well, yeah, that too. Oh, but oh, no, like in New Hope. Uh, oh yeah, 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 I get it. I the, get the, it. Fuck, the two guys that we actually get to see in this. My film, friend doesn't dude. like you. Yeah, yeah. That, those two idiots. <laughs> um. But man, if that doesn't set the tone for the rest of the film, it's it's so weird. I feel like Gareth Edwards had such a difficult task in this film because. Mm-hmm. We essentially know what happens because of where this movie takes place chronologically. Right. right, right. They succeed in their mission. A lot of them die. We know those two things. Mm-hmm. This is this is what happens when good writers know their end point. They know their end game, and they're able to write to the events of that end game. Uh, this is what didn't happen in the prequels. We know that Darth Vader becomes bad. He, he's a bad guy. We didn't sufficiently write up to to that end game. This one we did. Yeah. Uh, we, we completely uh, just by getting ourselves kind of immersed with these characters and getting to know them. And um, I mean, they're, we don't they're not completely rounded. You can make an argument. But um, I mean, we know these characters. We we definitely know these characters. And um, by the end of it, it it's just the, the desperation of their mission kind of, you know, is so overwhelming. Uh it motivates all the action. It's great. It was perfect. It has so much weight. This film is heavy mm-hmm. in, in the truest sense, in a way that Marvel really struggles with. Right. Yeah. Um, and consequences. It's kind of, it's, yeah. The, 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 the consequences of action. And it's so interesting because they're both under the Disney umbrella. But like, if I'm Kevin Feige and I see Rogue One, I want to poach some of those people some of the oh, writers yeah. or whatever, and bring them over to the MCU to punch up some of the stuff in the MCU because they're doing exactly the thing that I feel like Marvel does need to do if they really want to... You know, it's one thing to constantly be breaking number one opening films and stuff and just kill it, kicking ass every time Marvel brings out a film. But if they really want to artistically up their game, go up another level, hopefully they don't stay complacent. That's how you do it. You do exactly what Rogue One did. Mm-hmm. 
And Big I would chance. I would love to see it. I would love yeah. to see it. Even if it's like minor, you know, minor characters, whether it be like a dark hawk, which I know Ig would be so happy about. <laughs> uh, but even if you introduce Darkhawk just to kill him at the end of the film, <laughs> I would be so on board with that. And or, uh, or a super samurai. Think, oh no! Ah, we avoided it earlier, and then you just <laughs> you went for that brass ring so hard. The uh, Avengers protect the world from all physical threats. Oh, you just wonged this podcast so hard. <laughs> um, back to Rogue One. Oh, by the way, we've got a couple of Asian characters in Rogue One. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm worried now to talk about it. But, no, no, no. Uh, okay, but like something that you and I talked about a little bit off air, you said that one thing that you really took away from this was that that Gareth Edward was able to set the set the uh, set the tone and the story so quickly uh, of all of these characters that we've never met before. Now they're mm-hmm. archetypes, so we're familiar with the type of characters they are. Right. But these specific characters, he introduces them all in the first you know act of the film and gets us going. I, I personally thought that if there is a weak point in the film, it is kind of in that first act because there is so much that you have to cover mm-hmm. uh, just because of the, the nature of what the film is. But that being said, it definitely pays off in the end. The final act, which is usually the worst and hardest act to do in a film is the best part of this film to right. me. And, and it makes whatever small amount of clunkiness the first act has you, you, you were so, in, you were so, vested in these characters by the third act that it doesn't mm. matter it, it, it couldn't have been um man uh Sam, seven samurai which i wish it would have i wish it would have been like three hours plus but uh he, he couldn't fit all that in and that might have helped the first act a little bit um but that being said like you like you're, you're right these are archetypes we kind of know who these characters are supposed to be and um as long as they kind of portray it that much to us then uh then we're then we're golden so we, we do get we get we see a ton of characters here um, in this film. Who was your? I'm going to ask you a two kind of like a two part question. Uh-huh. Who was your favorite character, and who was the character, whether it's a new character to this franchise in this movie or somebody that we have seen before? Uh, who's your favorite character, and who was the character that you would like to have seen more from? Whether it's background, whether it's more action sequences, whether oh. it's more just kind of more of that character. It could be the same person for both answers, but I'm just curious uh, right. what that is for you. Man, that's a good question, um, especially the second part. Uh, ah, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I have to I have to go ahead and say the repurposed droid. Uh, K2SO, K2SO. Favorite, mm-hmm. favorite character, but character I wish we would have seen more of was, um, uh, is it Galen or so? Galen or so, yeah. which is Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Uh, just the, there's so much kind of crunch there narratively for the, like the, the conflict of, uh, you know, he's working for the empire, but he knows it's the wrong thing to do. And just to see the kind of like, um, just to see that play emotionally across his face would have been great. Especially since we know that he he's he's capable of doing it within range of his acting ability, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I think you you had said something off air about because he was in you know Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, he's in Rogue One now. 
Uh, he's going to be in the new, the new Kojima game. Uh, again, dropping most of your listeners off at this point. Uh, but... is, that the, is that the one with uh, with the Walking Dead guy? Norman Reedus, yeah. Norman Reedus, Norman Reedus yeah. and Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro for some reason. Dude, in crazy. It too. I saw and a trailer then, for that, by the way. Yeah. It looks crazy. Like Death Stranding is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, and, he, yeah, I think I, I've seen on Twitter that he's been completely overwhelmed with the, the video game kind of fan, the, the complete fanatic response that they're having to him. Uh, like, people have been making watercolors and, like, you know, lithographs and shit. Just of his face and stuff. So wow. he's, he's having the real Mads Minute right now. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, I wonder if he'll be in Mad Max, you know, in the Mad Max. <laughs> Mads is, Max. Mads Max, yeah. Um, sorry, that was a really, really bad <laughs> comment. I'm so sorry. I don't want to choke on my own ambitions or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, Darth Vader, Darth Vader. Homeboy was still do, on Mustafar? Doing, doing his fucking stand-up routine. Like, oh, my God. Like I'm stealing that from James, uh, James, who's been on the podcast before. He's actually uh, a professional comedian. That that's what he tweeted out. He was like, <laughs> "I loved Rogue One. Don't know if I needed to see the open mic night, the open Darth mic Vader. night for Darth Vader. Uh, he might need to work on his timing, get a full five minutes, something like that. It was great. I loved his tweet. It was great. I actually love that scene. I constantly reference the "Don't choke on your own ambitions." I've said it probably two or three times every day since I saw the film. Wow. I will continue to say it. People are going to get real annoyed and real tired of it. I don't care. Um, I like that Wookiee. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It is. It's the I like that Wookiee of this film. By the way, Saw saw Rogue One. I had just seen A New Hope before that. So now I was like, damn it, I just saw A New Hope. I want to see A New Hope again because of the way Rogue One ends. But I was like, all right, I got to wait. I got to space that out a little bit. So I watched Force Awakens the other night. Mm-hmm. That movie's still great. So much fun. <laughs> I like that Wookiee. Like it just—that's uh... not how the Force works. Harrison <laughs> Ford getting so mad. He channeled. <laughs> he channeled all his Star Wars frustration <laughs> into that line. I'm so I'm sick a... of Star Wars. I have to go to all these cons year in and year out. And everybody just calls me Han. Get these damn packages what about in the mail. I don't know what. A... Who sends a pie in the mail? Like just. All the this, stuff that he gets. There's not even any weed in this one. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold up. Yeah, uh, B- BBS timeout. Yeah. Uh, is homeboy soups on top of Mount Everest, building it higher with his dad right now? Oh yeah, yeah. I think there's a Nickelback song playing in that scene. Or no, Creed. It's like, well, thank I Christ I haven't. Oh my God. Higher. Look at this photograph. Oh yeah, that too. Too. Look uh, at this graph. Yeah, still probably my favorite YouTube video of all time. <laughs> Look at this graph; it's great. Uh, so Darth Vader. Uh, I really had a hard time with this. My favorite character was was either K two S O, who mm-hmm. I just loved everything about that character. I you know it's funny because I'm I'm kind of known in our in like my circle of friends and our circle of friends as the Star Wars fan who loves the droids way too much. Like I <laughs> love R two D two, BB eight, huge fan of BB eight. I have the little the little uh, BB eight that you can can make him move around with your phone. Um, but here we go again. K two S O. 
my favorite character in the film, lo- literally loved every single thing he did in this film. The fact that it was voiced mm-hmm. by Alan uh, Tudyk. Yeah. Uh, I'm leap on the wind. Just so great. Uh, your your uh, inevitable but sudden betrayal. Um, <laughs> he's so good, and not only that, but his his particular death. For, and I don't know what yeah. this says about me. Like I, but I'm dead inside. I'm a robot. I don't know. His death was the most impacting out of all the characters for me. I think so too. I um, was the saddest to see him die. Well, I mean, the one that makes you laugh the most, you're gonna miss the most. Uh, so, but uh, he just knew his role. He's like, you can still do it. You can still physically do it. Goodbye. And then fucking bam, it was over. Uh, fucking trooper though. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. robots. By the way, doesn't, he... look, doesn't look like anything to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. What like, door? He's what? He's some kind of host. Some <laughs> kind of host. He's gonna be on season two of Westworld. He's just gonna show up. <laughs> Oh, man. What did, oh, whoa, <laughs> he okay. You didn't have much of a rind on him. What if, what if, uh, God damn it. Uh, what if, like, in a future season of Westworld, mm-hmm. they just do Star Wars? Oh. They just do, like, it's Star Wars. It's a Westworld of Star Wars universe, though. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm, just let that sink in. Um, I'm just saying, you know, if anyone wants to make a billion dollars, <laughs> there you go. There's your idea. I really liked K2SO. I really liked, I'm not going to pronounce this name correctly, but it's the character that Donnie Yen played. Uh, Chiu- oh, yeah. In- Imwe? Uh, Something like that. Imwe. Imwe. He played the, the blind. I'm one with the force. Priest. The force is one with me. Yeah, that's good. Um, the the so I almost picked this character though for my favorite character, even though we mm-hmm. didn't get a whole lot of him. And I Uh-oh. know I know people are tired of him, maybe. Uh oh, because he's been in fucking everything. For good reason. But Darth Vader. Okay. Darth Vader. Just the last scene where he's chasing <laughs> down the plans. Where, yes, I mean, here's the thing. They played that perfectly, because. You get just enough of it where you're like, holy shit, this is really happening. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is the best thing I've ever seen this character do. And you want to see more. You want to see more. But if they had really given you a lot more, it might have been too much of a good thing. Like, we're, right. we're like kind of like what they did with Yoda in the prequels. Like, everyone loved Yoda and everyone wanted uh. to see Yoda fight. But then you finally saw Yoda fight and you're like, ah, shit. <laughs> He's jumping I, around. I all should of a not have wished for this. This is what I get for not like this. Choking on my own ambitions. <laughs> oh no! That's <laughs> what happened. Um, but holy hell, that scene! That scene is the best scene I've seen in a film. True menace coming down the hallway. The just the fear in their eyes. True fear. Po- yeah. That scene was very reminiscent for me of the Quicksilver scene in X Men. Days of Future Past, where you saw that Quicksilver scene for the first time um, when he's stopping all the bullets and stuff. Oh, right. And just like, after I saw that scene, I immediately wanted to see the movie again just to see that scene. <laughs> just for the buildup. That's how I felt about the Darth Vader scene, where yeah. as soon as that scene happened, now it was at the end of the film anyway, but as soon as that scene happened, I was like, I need to see this again. I need to <laughs> see this little three-minute thing right. again and again and again. 
So what I thought your answer was going to be was going to be Saw Gerrera. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But uh, just to piggyback, piggyback onto the Darth Vader thing, um, the look in the, the Vector pilot's eyes when Saw Gerrera takes a drag off his like inhaler, yeah. uh, that was amazing to me. Like he, he, Saw Gerrera, like he's talking, he's talking like this, and then he goes, and the trembling fear you see in the Defector's eyes. Oh, that was because you know he must have heard Darth Vader or been around Darth Vader at one point. Oh, that laid so much kind of like foreshadowing. Yeah, like, this is how badass Darth Vader is going to be in the movie. And not only that, um, yeah, and that's so purposeful. You know, I'm really glad you picked picked up on that actually because that sound effect that they use, um, is it Saul or Saul? Sol? I think I I think it's I th- I thought it was S O L. Like yeah, I, uh, think, I think that's right. Damn, these but stamps. I think I might have seen like SAW. Uh, so I'm not sure. What Fs? Yeah. We'll go with Saul. I know that he's a in- character that's been introduced on like the cartoon series, uh, which I'm not terribly, terribly familiar with. But okay. They, they were very purposeful with that sound effect um, to give you the image of Darth Vader. And um, it was so powerful. And it really shows you how much Darth Vader has per- permeated into our psyche and our mindsets as viewers of these films. And I, I just really loved that. I thought it was such a nice touch. Um, but speaking of Forrest Whitaker, mm. I think now is the time. This is going to be terrible. All right. Now is the time to bring back an old uh-huh. comic book character's favorite. I think that Ig and I used to do where we would take a character and then have a impression off. Uh, we call it. We used to call it the Shonery, uh, <laughs> named after Sean Connery. Okay. Uh, I'm still. I'm still waiting to be impressed. Uh, that was not that very was, good. That was. No, I, I was going to give you props. Okay. All right, you, okay. you took him right back. I took it right back. You're the man now, dog. Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, we're gonna do a little. It's Saw. It's S A W. I just saw. Yeah. It. Um, Forrest Whitaker as Saw Guerrero. Um, would you like to go first or would you like for me to go first? Uh, age before beauty. Okay. So that's, I guess that's me. Yeah. Um, all right. And we're just, I'm going to do, I guess you can do any line, but I'm going to do, I'm going to try to do the save the rebellion, save the dream. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you really, if you really screw up on the first one, you, you can do it a second time. Okay. Um, all right. Save, save the rebellion. Save the Save the dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is everything okay? <laughs> I mean, he's on death's bed at that point, right? I thought you were slipping. I, I thought... <laughs> it's going toward the light, Dad. Going toward that light, that, that effervescent light. So beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, okay. All right. That's the bar. Um, okay. Another one of his lines. Uh, all right. I think. Uh... You can use the same line. If you want to do the same line, you can do one. You can do a different one if you want. All right, all right, all right. All right, okay, here we go. Save the rebellion! Save the dream! <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> I, li- I really like how you committed to that. Um, uh-huh. I appreciate that. So everyone out there in the CBCU, you can uh, – it's probably easiest to do it on Facebook if you want to vote. <laughs> if you want to go on Twitter, just hashtag CBCU. Uh, CBC I was told this would be a Roto League. <laughs> it's not a Roto League. CBCU with, um, you know, who who you voted for. And, uh, and we'll tally up the votes. 
Um, all right, let's see. Word one. Uh, so we haven't talked about the third act yet. We've kind of been dancing around right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that is very much the Saving Private Ryan part of the film, where uh-huh. it's it's high stakes. People are dying left and right. <laughs> but before we get in there, uh, holy shit. Lex Luthor's making it rain on, on soups? <laughs> He's showing them pictures of, like, uh, dead people? I honestly don't even know what scene you're talking uh, about. Superman's, like, his eyes are burning right now. Lex Luthor has uh, got, like, a kitchen egg timer. Uh, oh right! It's, he's on top of a roof somewhere. Yeah, after, that's, that's pictures, after a that's very confused kiss to Lois Lane. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, it's pictures of his mom. Okay. He's like, I've got your mom, and he's like, No, not my mom. That's his accent. Yeah, that's exactly what he sounds like. Um, Why? I'm amazed how much he looks like Alan Davies. Uh, Alan, Alan Davis uh, right now. This Jesse Eisenberg. That they should just got Alan Davis. They should have stuck with Brian Cranston, who was originally uh, tagged for that role and would have probably Holy been amazing. Shit. I don't know why. You know that story, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I completely forgot, though. That uh, What's-His-Face was actually supposed to read for Jimmy Olsen, which actually yeah. makes sense. Like, he would, I could see that. Right. Uh, God damn it, DC. Um, back to okay. a good movie. Uh, yeah. Rogue One, third act, Saving Private Ryan, totally appropriate. Um, just, it's, it's so rare to see a film that builds where the third act not only pays off, but is, is arguably the best part of the film. That's so hard to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask you an odd question here. Is there anything that you think they should have done differently or that you would have done differently? In the third act specifically or, Mm -hmm. um, no. No, um, because the the rebellion is driven to a point where they're really considering just disbanding the rebellion, going their separate ways, or like, you know, maybe taking a chance, going on this suicide mission. She sways some of them, but not enough to have the council agree on any one thing. So they're just kind of status quoing it right now. Um, there's great motivation for why they're doing it. Uh, everybody's, all the characters are kind of uh, realizing their own potential through their own kind of like capabilities. Um, no, it, it's, I think it's, uh, it's pretty great that I don't really think there's anything I could improve upon. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I was, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think the pacing was great. Uh, the score was great. Everything that was, you know, was built to, uh, to a satisfying conclusion, I feel like for everybody involved, mm-hmm. um, I love how it runs up. It literally runs up to the opening of a new hope in a, in a way that is pretty satisfying. Like I, I mm-hmm. was really, I didn't think they were going to do that. Like I didn't think it was going to connect that strongly and that closely. Right. Um, so something that got a bit of press, let's, let's talk, let's talk about the two, I would say the, the two main protagonists, of the film, Felicity Jones is Jin Erso and Diego Luna as Captain. It's, it's Cassian, right? Cassian yeah. Ando. Um, one, do you think that the ultimately those were the right choices for those roles? And how do you, speaking about Luna, how do you feel about the fact that they did ultimately let him 
keep his accent, which led, uh, which which fed into the whole sort of international flavor of this cast as a whole, which I really loved, by the way. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm really grateful that there's like more than just one Hispanic in space. Uh, so I was, I was totally, totally great that he had his accent um, because, you know, in, in John, John Boyega was kind of uh, told to use American accent instead of his um, kind of almost Cockney accent that he has. Um, I wonder if that's because generally speaking, well, you know, but it would have made sense in the story, too, because generally speaking, the Empire has all those British guys like as the, the generals and the admirals and stuff. Yeah, that's definitely true. But, oh, classism going on in the empire. Right, but actually, that would have you know that actually would have made sense if they would have kept it. But I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm fine with the American accent too with him. But I really am yeah. glad that they. What do you think about Luna overall? Uh, he did a great job. Um, he kind of uh, this character. We we kind of know this character from Star Wars. He's the Han Solo type ish character, the the rogue kind of. If you're gonna excuse the pun, the Dash Rendar. If you're familiar with the N64 games, right. Um. But yeah, this character is kind of um, it's pretty easy to get wrong. Um, I thought he he did it really well. Uh, he portray, he portrayed like you know the kind of dark side of the rebellion. The um, you know they do a lot of things in the shadows. The get your hands dirty side. Yeah, the, yeah. he's uh, totally the Jason Bourne of the rebellion. Uh, I I dug it. I, I really liked it a lot. Um, it says you know they're they're trying to fight this huge fascist empire by any means possible. And and by any means possible. So yeah. he's all about the mission. He's been like his the little flash of backstory we got that he's been doing it since he was little, little little. So yeah, I, I really liked it a lot. Almost like a almost like a parallel to Finn in that way, you know, because mm-hmm. Finn talks about how he was taken from his family at a young age, and uh, you know, and thrown into kind of the Empire mindset and doctrined into the Empire. Um. You know, I thought it was a really interesting contrast in Rogue One, the way the Alliance, the Rebels are portrayed, especially with uh, uh, Ando, is that in A New Hope and even in Empire and and especially in um, Return of the Jedi, the Alliance, they're, they're they're portrayed as so clean and shiny Mm -hmm. and virtuous. The musical score alone, like if you think of the Rebels theme, right, uh, completely con- contradicts the or con- contrasts the Imperial March. Yeah, and I get it. It's good versus evil in that sense, in a very, very sort of broad painted brush way. But you know, in in Luna, we've got somebody that is really showing all sides, and that even in both sides, you know, no one's hands are, are clean. Mm. I really liked that. Jen Urso, a lot of people were concerned with her. You know, we've got another brunette girl as the as the lead off of coming off of uh, Ray in uh-huh. Force Awakens. Do you feel like her character was different enough to to stay those kind of arguments or those kind of criticisms of Star Wars, uh, this iteration of Star Wars? You know what? I never actually heard those criticisms. I didn't really. I kind of went into it, um, not well, definitely hyped up for it, but not seeing any kind of like the the and pre-analysis before the, anybody saw the movie. Um, I think the character. I think the story kind of. Yeah, it's it's almost um, 
It's definitely set apart from Ray, I think. Yeah, she's abandoned by her family, but it's by different means. It's, she's not abandoned. She's she has it ripped away from her. Um, it, it's different motivations kind of underlie them. Um, she kind of grew up under Saw Gerrera, and she's basically the best fighter that the Rogue One kind of crew had. Um, so she has a lot of capability. She has a lot of know-how. Um, she kind of works independently. Uh, more more often than not, she kind of took the initiative of going to try to save her father and uh, on that one base uh, where they're kind of uh, cutting down all the engineers. So, no, I think um, I think she's pretty, you know, uh, yeah, no, I mean, if, if, if we're going to just, you know, criticize them on the brunette quality, it's, it's not that big of an issue. Uh, I think it's the, the characters and the motivations themselves are, are different enough. To where they can be unique. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't even necessarily trying to play devil's advocate there. It's just that is that is kind of a thing that I heard uh-huh. a little bit uh, when they first announced that uh, that she was cast. You know, uh, mm-hmm. if anything, just because of like it's a small brunette girl. You know, <laughs> you know, it's really funny. Uh, this is this has nothing to do with anything really, but I I did see I did think at various points when she was in the um, the Empire gear. Mm-hmm. You know when she was uh, undercover or whatever, and you could just see her eyes. Yeah, I was like, "Is that Zoe Deschanel in there?" Because that could totally <laughs> be Zoe Deschanel. And then in my mind, I was like, "What if this movie had Zoe Deschanel in it?" Uh, it would have like a hundred percent more ukulele. So much ukulele and old Ella Fitzgerald songs and looking at the camera like blinking twice. Yeah, and like doing like weird little leg dances, little <laughs> dance moves constantly. <laughs> and I would have loved it, but I would understand why everyone else would hate it. Um, <laughs> all right, man. So now that Rogue One is in the books and, mm. you know, the people behind this, they they even admitted that this was an experiment of sorts, that they yeah. weren't sure that people would take to a Star Wars story that was not centered around the the main story of the Skywalkers and so on. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad it, they did. Because uh, Star Wars, the main kind of flagship, is risking it becoming about space royalty, like uh, almost like a Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine, but this universe isn't that small. This universe is huge. Yeah. Expand on this world build, please build your world. Um, uh, yeah, I, I did hear that Disney was like, depending on how Rogue One does, there might not be any other standalones. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, it's going to get a chance. I am so ready for Donald Glover as young Lando. Holy hell. You Childish truly belong Gambino. here with us in the clouds. <laughs> oh, man. Especially after hearing that new Childish Gambino album, by the way. So good. <laughs> so <laughs> effing I'm behind. good. I, I, need to, I need to catch up. It is so good. It's like a funk, soul-like infused All album. Right. It's... Holy shit, it's amazing. Um... I'm so ready for that now, and I'm really glad that I, I assume they're going to move full full steam ahead with it now. Yeah, with his successful oh. Rogue One. Uh, Timeout. Uh, Bats has thrown everything at him, including the kitchen sink. Oh yeah, yeah. God, you He's know. About, oh my God. Whoever wrote that felt like so they were good. they were being so damn clever. <laughs> they're like, we're going to literally have him throw the kitchen sink. Ah oh, man, I'm a genius. I'm a genius writer. God damn it. They must have seen Evil Dead too, and reminded of the part where Ash puts his hand under the bucket and puts books on top of it to keep it from moving. And the last one is a farewell to arms. Uh, 
<laughs> that's good. That's really good too. That is actually kind of clever though. That is clever. I mean, that's Raimi at his best. The kitchen sink thing though. Um, now that we have Rogue One in the books, uh-huh. we know that there's a Han Lando movie that's coming. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be a Boba Fett film at some point. Beyond, beyond that, and Obi Wan possibly. Beyond those projects, you 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 get to dream green light oh. of a Star Wars property. Yes, sir. What do you want to see? I don't think it's any, any question. The Old Republic. Yeah. Um, please just make a Kotor, uh, canon movie. Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I guess it can be somebody other than Revan Malik. Uh, as a main character, but that would be amazing. Um, like I said, the lore associated with this franchise uh, is so beloved. Like, <laughs> and it <laughs> my runs brother and deep. I, th- th- we talk for hours upon this stuff. Uh, we-, we try to fix the prequels over and over again. <laughs> it's <hard>. uh, <laughs> we invented a verb. It's Lucasine, where we try to you know take the original material and try to you know make it better. Uh, <laughs> we try to connect the dots for the filmmaker himself. Uh, but yeah. Knights of the Old Republic, hands down. So our friend Mike showed me these like cinematic video. They're like video game trailers or movies. They're like yeah. short films, and they're set in that universe. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, for, yeah, yeah, for Star Wars: The Old Republic, the yeah. multiplayer online game. And it's and and it's two different stories of two different characters, but they eventually like kind of intertwine. Mm-hmm. And they're both so good, and they're like. I think they're silent. Like, I don't even think there's dialogue in them. Or if there is, there isn't much. Um, they're so well done. And uh, I would love to see that. There is so much, so much more that they can do. I, I hope. And I think that's kind of the direction that Hollywood seems to be going in anyway. I think it's going to be like every studio is going to have one or two or three really big franchises that they're going to kind of build around. And then beyond that release kind of more independent films and Mm -hmm. smaller films. Um, So, so they should have a wealth of opportunity and obviously Disney is just crushing it right now. So I hope they have a lot of, um, I hope they don't choke on their ambition. No, Jesus. And uh, move forward with any and all projects that they want to do. As long as they keep getting really talented people behind these projects, I, I feel like this guy's not even the sky the galaxy, the stars themselves are the limit for, yep. for Star Wars. Uh, okay. Any any final thoughts or uh, comments before we close this one out? I would love to be that hard drive the, when, she's, when she attaches it oh to her my, belt. Oh, my God. The worst. The worst. <laughs> I, I like that all, Wookiee. All, all my wishes. <laughs> I like that Wookiee. I like... <laughs> um, she almost loses that damn thing, by the way. <laughs> like, she almost. Oh, it's out. It. It, it's out of control. <laughs> she she almost dropped it like it's hot. <laughs> yeah, that would have been uh, like a little womp womp, like just <laughs> like a sound key there. All right, man. Well, I think that's gonna close us out for this episode of Combo Characters. We are gonna be doing one final episode before the end of the year. We're gonna do our Powies Awards episode. So that's gonna be real fun. Gonna try to get a a bunch of people either on the pod live, or at least get some write-in feedbacks. Uh, I'll actually try to come up with the categories and post them on our Twitter and Facebook so that our listeners can chime in with their 
uh, answers and nominees for these character uh, these categories as well. But uh, until then, the fortress of potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Take care. <laughs>